Welcome to Homeschool Companion, your source for information, motivation, and inspiration. If you're part of the homeschool community or simply interested in learning more about home-based education, stay tuned. Together we'll examine the latest resources, learning styles, and teaching techniques. We'll speak with experts in the field to help you uncover every homeschool advantage. We'll also present suggestions on how to keep Christ in the curriculum as we explore fresh ways to teach and learn. Here's your homeschool companion host, author, educator, and children's ministry specialist, Dr. Rose Gamblin. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Our devotion today is called Left-Handed Shells, and our text is taken from Titus 2.14. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. A left-handed person is, of course, one who naturally uses his left hand for cutting, holding a spoon, writing, and most other manual activities. A left-handed shell is one that opens to the left of center as you hold it, with the tip at the top and the opening facing toward you. Most shells open to the right, but there are a few, such as the left-handed whelk, that naturally open to the left. When a shell is naturally right-handed, you could perhaps look at a million of them before finding one that is left-handed. The same is true as if you're trying to find a right-handed version of a shell that is normally left-handed. Most shells are right-handed because usually the heart is on the left side of the body when the creature is on its foot. It has been suggested that since, in that case, the left side is more active than the right, it causes the shell's substance to build up faster on the opposite side. In the case of left-handed shells, the heart is on the right side, so the shell builds up on the left. The most famous left-handed shell is that rare occurrence when the normally right-handed shank shell of the Indian Ocean happens to be left-handed. The shank shell is regarded as sacred by the Hindus, and they use it in their worship. But a left-handed shank is especially sacred, so when one is found, there is a great rejoicing, and it is taken to the temple where it is mounted in gold on the altar. Our illustration of the shells lead us to emphasize the word peculiar in this text. But in the original language, which was Greek, the word does not mean eccentric or weird, as we usually think of its meaning today. The word in the original language means chosen. The reason God has a chosen people is because like the left-handed shell, they are different from the others. So they are chosen. They're trying to be like Jesus and to copy his character. And I would go so far to say that they are representing Jesus on earth. And Jesus, who was nothing but love and peace and so wise, became very polarizing as his ministry took on. And those that were actuated by Satan sought to destroy him, and they criticized everything he did. 
So if you're working in a church and you find that soon you're being criticized and undermined for everything that you do, you might think of this devotion and realize that Satan is working through unconsecrated hearts to really discourage you. So don't be discouraged. You are chosen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all these illustrations in nature that continuously remind us of your love, of the fact that you have chosen us. We are peculiar people in the fact that we look heavenward and then we are able to focus on those around us with love and kindness. Give us a great show. Help us to always focus on you and to trust. All this I pray in thy holy name. Amen. Ta-da! Arts and crafts time. Well, there is a video in my on my Pinterest site. That's uh, MR Gamblin and the number two are the call numbers for my Pinterest site. And you can go to Windows on God's World. And I've just been collecting every craft that goes along with these devotions uh, and we're working on shells today. So there, there's some academic things about the trality of shells, which way they curve and that kind of thing. But there's also lots of crafts you can do with shells. You know, when you go to the ocean here in the United States, you don't find all those tropical shells. You find clams and you find whelks and things like that. And a lot of them are beaten up, but you can make some beautiful crafts. You can make candles with shells in them. And you can see the shell through the plastic, uh, through the wax. It's so cool. And you can make flowers, you can paint them, make beautiful ornaments for Christmas. So as you are working with shells and thinking about the many ways God has made these lovely sea creatures to have this shell, think about what your kids might like to do and ask them. Remember, our job is just to help them be curious. Have fun learning. Curriculum Corner. All we, we've, we've been discussing about transitioning from a traditional school to a home school. And we spent, uh, in our imaginations, we spent a little time with our child. We took them out. We've uh, decompressed them by doing de-schooling, and we've examined our own philosophies. What matches our family and what we want for our kids the best? And now, today, we're going to include them in the conversation. Some children love doing workbooks, worksheets. You tell them what to do, and they just eat it up and love to do it. But some kids want to know why. Why do I have to learn that? And that kind of a child might be better if you really listened to them and then did student-led or child-led learning. Or maybe you want to do a combination. You say, hey, kids, I want you to know math. So we're going to do a prescribed math. And you can go to a used bookstore. There's places I have a used textbook store here that I can purchase anything I want, any curriculum I want. And so we're going to do math. But the other subjects, I would like you to tell me what you want to learn. So if you want to learn about shells, we're going to go to the library and we're going to check out books about shells. We're going to go to 
nature centers that may have shell collections. We're going to look in our house and see what shells we have and we're going to identify them all. And I have put in my Pinterest site a identification chart there that you can use for identifying your shells. Doesn't have to cost much money for you to be able to provide a very lovely path for your child's development, both academically, spiritually, and physically. So uh, that concludes all that we're going to say about switching from a traditional education to a homeschool education. But I hope that you really take to heart what we have been talking about for the wonderful child that you have. They'll be so thankful. Questions parents ask. Well, this comes from Gina and she just needs some encouragement. These are her words. I'm a full-time mom with a five-month-old and I'm really struggling with grief over my pre-baby life. And the fact that I am now always missing out on things because I have to take care of a baby. And it's not even like I'm wanting to go out with friends and travel. It's literally just wanting to do small things that make me happy, like go to the basement for 30 minutes to do a workout or having to miss out on dinner with my family and sit alone in the bedroom because my baby won't sleep without me. This past Christmas and Thanksgiving, I basically had to be okay with having the leftover scraps of the meal because that always seems to be what's left after the baby has finally gone down for a nap. This week has been extra tough because she's only taking micro naps like for 25 minutes and suddenly won't let me put her down at all to sleep. So I honestly feel like I don't get a break. This week, I've cried a lot and have been miserable. And I'm sure everyone will just keep telling me it'll get better, but it doesn't feel like it right now. I'm really struggling and I don't want to look back on this time and just remember being depressed. Can anybody relate? Absolutely. I think I spent more time nursing when everybody else was getting to eat and I felt pretty lonely and isolated. On top of that, if she's only five months old, you could be experiencing some postpartum depression, and that's a real thing. So I would recommend get some help. Don't hesitate. There's a lot of things that can help you. And when mama's happy, everyone's happy. You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Aaron Taylor, and we're talking about his new book, Do You Love Me? Experiencing and Extending Tremendous Love. This book can 
You know, when you know how much you're loved, it gives you strength, doesn't it? Yeah. Even if you get hurt along the way, we didn't get to talk about your relationship now with your biological mother. And uh, so, she is so she still living? So both my biological mother's alive and my biological father. Okay. I have a relationship with both of them. Oh, that's when I wonderful. When I first met her, she wouldn't tell me who my dad was. And it wasn't until much later that she finally uh, told me. But um, but both of them I've made a relationship with. And my biological dad doesn't really, neither one of them know the Lord. And I, I've been... Um, I've been really careful to just make sure that I honor them and I put the fact that they need to know Christ above everything else. And I feel like that's my mission. I, I, I will tell you, I feel very satisfied in my mom and my adoptive mom and dad as, as my yes. parents. But I have always felt like I've got to show the love of Jesus and share the love of Jesus with my parents. They're part of my world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can win my world to Jesus. That's yes, the it's your I mission touch. field. It's the it people is, I'm connected it, with. It absolutely is. In fact, if every, if every parent looked at their children and their spouses as their God-given mission. Amen. And that they need to express love, courtesy, you and know, honor their own parents. And honor their own parents. All of that. That's the first thing we need to do. Yeah. And that's under a huge attack. Yes, it is. So as you respect your biological parents, do have they ever talked together? Or you just talk to one and then talk to the just other? Just one or the other. They don't. Yeah. They don't. One lives on one side of the U.S. and the other on the other. And I try to see my dad um, in Houston as often as I can, and my mother in Seattle as, as much and as I can. And he was never um, he was never caught. No, or? no. It's, so. Back in the day when, and actually, that's a big part of the story, is that back in the day when um, those things weren't talked about, my mom never told anyone that she was raped. When I mean, she told her own family, but outside of yeah. her own family, so she, when she went to church, he was there. Wow. And when she, they found out she was pregnant because she didn't say anything, they asked her to leave the church. Oh. Because she was, she, she was uh, an unwed mother. An unwed mother and not acceptable. Well, she gave me up for adoption. She left the church, never wanted anything to do with church again. Found herself coming back to church in her 20s when she had had two more children with married, had two more children. And, um, you know, started living her life, started working in a feeding program at a church, started going back to church. The pastors took her out to lunch and they're sitting there. And one of the pastors sees this little 15 year old girl walk in pregnant, leans over to Joan and says, Hey, Joan, see that little girl? She got herself pregnant. And uh, we told her she could find somewhere else to go to church. We don't need that kind of influence among our young people. Joan stood up and said, you know what? I'm that little girl and you don't know it. She left that church never to go back to church again until she found a pastor who loved her that happened to be her son. And she uh, she has been back since. And, and I believe it's made a commitment to Christ. So it's, she uh, goes to your church? No, she lives in Seattle now. Oh, so, so it's her, her... So she went your... to my church for a while, Yes, but and... now she lives in Seattle, so... She lived just for a brief time in uh, Eugene. So enough t- for you to reconnect. And- yes. Yeah. So and- and we, we still stay in relationship. And then my dad, even up to a month ago, I was in his home, uh, had a tragedy happen. Oh. The, I flew in 
and a tragedy happened. And he said, my whole life, I've never needed a preacher. And the day I need a preacher, you're here. Oh, man, that just chokes oh, me up. <laughs> oh, it was. And so, you, you know, we can blame him and be anger, angry at him. And I can, you know, but none of that is going to do anything but bring death. I want to bring life. Yeah. So restoring and loving and caring, that's what matters. So that's what we've been doing is trying to bring the love of God to them and as well as the world through this book. Yeah. Do you love me? Do you love me? Experiencing and extending tremendous love. I hope that every pastor is listening to this experience because there are, you know, there are 15-year-old girls going to church and and the getting themselves pregnant is really a bad way well, to put it. it's hard to get yourself pregnant, isn't it? <laughs> It takes yeah. two. <laughs> yes. But even then, I mean, even if it, you know, I've I've dealt with many young girls that have got themselves in trouble. What do they need? They need someone to care about them and love them and speak life to them. And, and really, that's what, what happened with our church is I started out a very outreach-oriented church, loving people. And then um, God began to take us on this journey of what love really is. And the difference between agape and why is that important? Well, if I asked you. If I asked you, do you love, do you love God unconditionally? Do you love God? Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. So now I'm going to ask you quickly some trick questions. Okay. okay. I'll tell you ahead. Okay. And so now, do the, you want me to answer them? Yeah, you can answer them, okay. but, but just, I'm telling you ahead, they're trick. <laughs> well, so, that's all right. so here we go. If, if we know this, right, that Jesus asked us to agape him. He didn't say phileo. He said agape. When Peter's asked, Peter responds, I phileo you. Why? So I ask you. If you love God, and the best definition of unconditional love is Jesus. So then I ask you, did you love him first? You mean before God? No, did you love Jesus before he loved you? Oh, no. I think Jesus loved me before oh, I loved him. Okay. Well, so you didn't get that one. But I didn't more. get it? You, 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 you missed it. You can't, you can't agape love him. He loved you first. You've got to go love oh, first. Oh, you mean you have to love first. Right. Okay. So, so let's, so but there's other ways. One. That's okay, a good so you one. missed that one, but we're okay. Okay. All right. So how about this? Did you, did you love Jesus when he spit on you, denied you, rejected you, and wants nothing to do with you? Uh never happened oh there's another one okay so we're two two strikes but there's a third one you're gonna we're gonna get it where you can love jesus like he loves you all right you ready how about when he had nothing to give to you nothing at all no salvation he had nothing to give to you but you still loved him well i'm almost there because if he doesn't give me anything on this earth i i do still love him okay but you have salvation offered to you from before you're even born. That's right. So Peter, in hearing this, do you agape me, knows what it means. And he responds, I love you because you love me. And then Jesus says, go feed my sheep. What was he saying? Go love someone first. Go love someone who doesn't deserve it. Go love somebody who can give you nothing. And when you've done it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. You've loved me. So there's a reservoir of love, of receiving from God that is completely unending. I can't get it from my wife, but I can give it to my wife. There's some That's aspects really of cool. love that you can receive from God that you get to give. It is the fruit of the spirit. It's what comes from the vine into the branch. 
that fruit that people get to eat. A branch doesn't eat fruit. A branch receives from the vine. Yes. But others eat that fruit. And the love that we share also develops grace and mercy and peace and long-suffering and joy. It, it has to have those things. The, the gifts of the spirit that we operate in have to have that love first. And so that's really the book. It talks about forgiveness. It talks about how to wreck a good church because we took a good church and we wrecked it with the love of God. And it doesn't look the same. We quit feeding people from a distance and we brought them in. We quit, we quit trying to suffice our, you know, trying to do good things and good deeds by going out and loving people. Yes, we feed them, but now it's embrace them. It's now get to know them. And Amen. So I want the same philosophy for any organization that I'm in, whether yes. it's a school or a homeschool co-op or whatever. I, I will definitely appreciate reading this. You know, we only have a few minutes left. Don't you want to talk a little bit about Christians United for Israel? Is I do. That- I'll tell you if they'd like to get this book. I'll tell you real quick. Okay. Go to Amazon. Do you love me? Or mycrossfire.com 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 and if they have any questions they can just go there and ask and we'll get them to them if they want to buy them in bulk for a class or a group of students i'd be happy to discount it and get it to them kufi is uh, an organization i'm a part of and uh as a state rep and work with congress and go to israel take pastors to israel but one of the focuses we have is training high school and college students um, to know what it, what Israel's went through so it isn't repeated. Something I was going to show you and didn't is on my arm. Mm. That's a number. Yeah. And it's the only tattoo on my body, but it's a tattoo I asked for. Um, and this is from a dear friend of mine, passed away one year ago. But three years ago, I went to Auschwitz with him because he was in Auschwitz mm. at 15. His name was Irving Roth. And I tell his story. Well, his story is extremely uh, amazing. And I want to encourage all of you, you go to Kufi. They have a textbook there that trains our young people about the past, the present, and the future of Israel, why it has a right, why they have a right, and why they should be honored and prayed for. And that textbook should be part of every Christian and homeschool curriculum, in my view. Yeah, I think that when you go to Israel and oh. you see the, pl- you walk where Jesus walked, it's amazing. the Bible becomes a real. Uh, you know, a real thing. It's alive to you, yeah. And yeah. I'm hoping to oh. go. I have not gone myself. You I'm want, hoping to it's, go. It's, I'll tell you what, there's nothing better. I mean, and to stand there now, uh, Irving Roth, this Holocaust survivor, someone asked him, they said, well, what do you do to remember all this stuff that happened? Here we're walking in Poland. He goes, well, I just have to remember it. I lived it. I just yeah, remember it's it. it's there. You can't well, when erase you it. when you walk in Israel and you read a scripture, you remember where you walked. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. We're talking to Aaron Taylor. He wrote a book, Do You Love Me? Experiencing and Extending Tremendous Love. And you can go to the website, mycrossfire.com. He also is representative for Christians United for Israel. And there's some resources there for him. I hope you'll look it up. Thank you so much. Come back again. So wonderful. Have one last thing to say, and that is God bless.
You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.